told Rob, he's like, you know. Well, and he just he gets on tangents with end times, and that's what I think set Colin off. Morning, Annie. Blessed be your name and the land that is plentiful where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Darkness grows. 
morning, all. So good to see you. Good morning. Welcome to Faith. Um, my name is Aaron Rosenau, one of the pastors here at Faith. Um, so good to have you if you're online with us today or in person. Um, we're continuing a series. We're carrying all the way through the summer. We uh, actually go all the way through Labor Day weekend, uh, just in a couple weeks. And that is a series called Rethink. We're talking about the lies that we believe, that we hear from the world or we tell ourselves and we we uh, believe these lies. We wanted to counteract that with the word of God. And so we're um, talking about those lies that we believe about our faith, about religion. And um, so we'll get in that today a little bit. This is also a communion service. So we'll invite you a little bit later to join us in the Lord's Supper. Uh, we believe that we're very much in need of God's grace because we are sinners and God gives us his grace. And he gives that to us in the bread and the wine as he gives the very body and blood of Christ in with and under the bread and wine for our forgiveness. We call that real presence. If that is your belief also, we just invite you to join us for communion uh, today. This is also the third weekend of the month. Third weekend of the month, we like to give away a portion of our offerings. So uh, what we call our loose plate offering, if it's not designated directly to faith, if it's just a $20 bill or a quarter or whatever it is that is put in the basket. We like to give that away and we're giving that away this month to Celebration Lutheran School. Celebration School is starting this week uh, with their first day on Thursday. Uh, excited about a new school year and we wanna support them in their ministry here at, um, at meets right here at our Celebration Ministry Center. Uh, speaking of here at our Celebration Ministry Center on Sunday mornings, we are still in need of a couple of Sunday school teachers. So if you'd like to help out and disciple our kids um, as a volunteer, we'd love to have you. Let me know if you'd uh, be interested in helping out with our Sunday school ministry. Um, coming up this Wednesday night, um, we're kicking off our confirmation year also. So what we do with our confirmations, our seventh and eighth graders go through a full year of confirmation. And then in their ninth grade year, they do a unit called apologetics. Apologetics is about defending your faith. How do you stand up for your faith? And a part of that is we have a, um, a nationally known speaker who is a professor at Concordia University in Wisconsin down in Mequon. His name is Brad Aulis, and he will be coming on Wednesday night. This is not just for ninth graders and their families. We like to invite everybody. Uh, he's doing a talk called The ABCs of Apologetics that'll be at our Faith Ministry Center uh, at 6.30. So uh, you can join us for that um, on Wednesday evening if you'd like to know a little bit about just defending your faith uh, in this world that wants to fight against our faith uh, more and more, it seems. Um, also, our Comfort Dog Ministry is still collecting items for um, giving away to those in need in our community. There's a list in, um, in your bulletin for those items that are needed. We're celebrating the second anniversary of Gotcha Day for Hagar, our Comfort Dog. And um, so it's just a way for us to serve our community in another way. And uh, we're very good on school items. If you look at the bulletin announcement, we're good on school items, but all the other kind of um, things that are being collected are still in need. So you can help us with that. Oh, uh, just a couple more things. Bear with me. Uh, our men's ministry is going to be uh, having a chili cook-off uh, September 10th. You know what September 10th is? First Packer Day. First Packer game is on September 10th, and uh, we are going to have uh, guys are cooking chili, kind of a competition type of thing, and uh, invite anybody to come along to join us for that. Um, watch the game on the big screen. They'll be right here at uh, Celebration, so 
Uh, hope you can join us for that on September 10th at, uh, it'll be three in the afternoon. The game's at 3.30, so, um, you know, hope you can join us for that. And finally, last thing, we have a group of our members here and actually some of our members who we affectionately call Faith West. That is a group of people who meet in California and worship with us consistently. Um, they're they're going to be joining also in this trip to Guatemala and a couple from Ohio too who are part of our uh, faith family. They're going to be uh, going to Guatemala to our partner village in El Oregonal. They're actually leaving this morning. Uh, to fly down to Guatemala. So we, last night we sent them off with prayer and, a, and our blessing. And uh, today we wanna remember them. You can also follow along with our trip uh, on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook. You can follow along with uh, a page that's called Faith in Guatemala. Fig for short, right? Faith in Guatemala. So follow along with Faith in Guatemala. If you are not on social media, I can give you instructions on how to get that, uh, the emails from the, the group on um, their progress and follow along with them. So just you know, lift them up in prayer this week. They'll be coming back late Saturday. So um, that's the announcements I have. I'm gonna hand it over to Steve and the band and uh, we're gonna spend some time worshiping the Lord. All right. Stand. Stand up. So our opening song, Alive and Breathing, is going to just need a little bit of an announcement, a little bit of an intro this morning. As you're coming in, Blessed Be Your Name, that very standard, wonderful song that we all know well, blessing the Lord, celebrating Him, praising Him through the highs and lows of life. Um, again, the song, Alive and Breathing, I was kind of meditating on this earlier this week. The Psalm 63 came to mind, and this is where David is in the desert of Judah in a low point. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Let us sing together alive and breathing and just celebrate this time with encouragement that we don't wanna stop dancing, don't wanna stop dreaming. Good news worth repeating. What holds your heart? What stirs your soul? What matters come to mind? The cares you keep thoughts you think it's not all wasted time seeking you will find joy still comes in the morning hope still walks with the hurting if you're still alive and breathing praise the Still good news. 
everything, let everything praise the Lord. Let everything work in, in the way that He prays.
Turn to me and have mercy on me, O God, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Before we come to the altar of the Lord and partake of his holy supper, let us first consider our unworthiness and come clean by confessing our sin. Heavenly Father, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. In moments of weakness, our complete trust in your faithfulness and goodness has failed when life gets hard and we struggle. Have mercy on us, O God, and forgive us. By your spirit, renew a steadfast spirit within us and restore to us the joy of your salvation. Amen. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter three makes it very clear that we all, all, Nobody is excluded from this. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely. I am justified freely. That means God treats me just as if I had never sinned as justified. And he does that for the sake of Christ. 
because of his grace and the redemption that came by Christ. It means that Christ paid the price for us. Christ was given to us as a sacrifice of atonement, that he's, he's a substitute for us. He took our sin, he gave us his life. He took on our punishment, our death, that we might live, that we would be forgiven. That's the gospel message that has been preached since the time of Jesus. It was preached by Paul. And now it's my privilege as one of your pastors to announce that grace to you again. You are forgiven in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing.
Faithful and gracious God, thank you for all your blessings and for gifting us a saving faith in Jesus that can provide us shelter from every storm. Help us, O Lord, to remain steadfast in your love and faithfulness, always trusting in your strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. As I mentioned at the beginning of worship today, we're continuing our series, Rethink About the Lies That We Believe. And in order to counteract those lies, we turn to the Word of God, which is the truth. And so first we start with 1 Peter chapter four in the New Testament. Peter says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as, as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God. And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should submit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Our second reading is from Psalm 23, and we will read this responsively. So I'll invite you to join me on every other verse as it's indicated on a screen for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows." Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For the reading of the gospel, I invite you to stand as we hear from our Lord in honor of him and his words from Matthew chapter 11. At that time, Jesus said, 
I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. The shot. Do you remember this? Just a little over a couple, a little over two years ago, people all over a community were waiting their turn for the shot, the COVID-19 vaccine. With a trust that when enough people got vaccinated, we could get back to in-person activities and be safer around each other, right? Of course, over many, many decades, we've been receiving vaccines um, as a way of inoculating ourselves, protecting ourselves from smallpox, influenza, measles. You get the shot, the chances are you avoid the misery of the disease. Well, I think a lot of people feel that way about their Christian faith. I have Christian faith and it's an inoculation, a sort of protection from hardship and trouble. But this is just not true. In fact, it's the next lie in our series, Rethink. This is the lie. Because I'm a Christian, God will protect me from pain and suffering. Another way of saying this is, if I have enough faith, I'll be guarded from all the suffering of this world. Now I've seen people who actually believe this lie, who become very disillusioned with God because they believe that if, if I have faith, then I should not have to suffer in this world. And then suffering comes and they get really bitter and resentful toward God. Some of them even walk away from their faith altogether. But our Christian faith is not somehow an inoculation, a guard against suffering. In fact, if anything, Christians will suffer more. It sounds strange to say, but there, there are actually many reasons I think that God would let us suffer. One is because God has called us to die to ourselves and live for others, which means that we actually have to take on the burdens that other people are carrying, and we have to take on the discomfort of meeting others' needs instead of our own. It's not about our comfort. Another reason that we would experience hardship is because we follow Christ, and if we follow Christ, we should expect that we're gonna suffer like he, do, that, that, like he did. Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember that they hated me first. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Jesus also said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
Taking him across is not sitting on a lounger on a beach with a pina colada in your hand and warm breeze going through your hair, right? This is, this is not easy life. Taking up your cross is hard. We should not expect that we'll be free from hardship. That's just two reasons, right? Taking up our cross, serving others, being persecuted. But I wanna focus on a couple other reasons why I think that we may suffer in this world. Let's start with the reading that we had from 1 Peter chapter four. In letter to the Christians of his day, Peter said this, he said, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Now the apostle James takes this a whole nother step and he says, consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, I want you to notice a couple things with this. James says, first, he says, whenever you face trials. This is not if, but when. He just assumes that we are gonna face hardship and trials in this life. And when you face those trials, he says, consider it not just joy, but pure Joy. It sounds strange, doesn't it? That you would consider it joy, pure joy, when you're hurting. James goes on to say, you consider it pure joy whenever you face these trials because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Paul says something very similar in Romans chapter five. He says, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character and character hope. All of these verses, Peter, James, Paul, right? They're all saying the same thing. It's a truth that we find hard to swallow, but here it is, suffering can be productive, even beneficial. Suffering and pain can be productive and even beneficial. Now I wanna go back to 1 Peter for a second where Peter said, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. This is in 1 Peter 4, but at the beginning of Peter's letter, he says, he says this in the, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, these trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, uh, again, a couple of things I want you to notice about these, this verse. He says, these have come so that, so that is purposeful. This is not not God being surprised by something. God is at work even in our sufferings. He's doing something. It's not random. So that your faith may be proved genuine. Peter says also, your faith is of greater worth than gold, which is refined by fire. 
You know, when you find gold in the ground, it, is, it actually it has impurities in it. And so what you have to do is melt it down in fire. So subject it to some extreme heat, melts down the gold and all the impurities, it's sometimes called dross. The impurities, the dross is either burned off or it rises up to the top and you skim it off the top and you're left with pure gold. So that's the image that Peter's using here of purified, refined gold. And your faith, which is of greater worth, is also refined in the fire, in trials. So earlier in my ministry, I served a church in Indiana that um, frankly became really hard to serve because there was, I mean, some of it I brought on myself because I was young and immature. Some of it was out of my control. It was just conflict, compounding conflict, compounding conflict, and it, it got hard. In fact, it got so hard that I seriously considered doing something else besides pastoral ministry. Um, at the time, it was like the writer of Hebrews says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Blake, can we put that verse up there? That's from Hebrews. I want you to see this. There you go. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. That's, that's how it was. Now, the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So those days in ministry were not pleasant. They were painful. But to Peter's point, my spirit was being refined, was being purified. My faith was being made stronger. There were certain things about my spirit, my personality that just needed to be burned off, right? Like dross needed to be taken off. So my dependence on people's approval needed burning off. My need for control and having it my way needed to be burned off. My self-reliance, leaning on myself, my own strength, my, my own abilities needed to be burned off. Those were impurities. Now, I'm still a work in progress, just like you are, right? God's still burning some of that stuff off sometimes with hard things in life. But all that was productive. It was not wasted time in ministry. God was working when it's painful. You know, rock climbers will talk about the crux of their climb. Crux is that part of the climb that becomes really hard. It's because the, the handholds are farther away or harder to find. Maybe the rock juts out away from, the, the, um, in a, from vertical and is a little bit more horizontal and you have to either make your way around it or even hang upside down on the rock surface. It's a tough part of the climb. They call it the crux. Crux means cross. It's like a crossroads. You have to take more time and thought and care to make it through that point. And climbers will say that crux is what will make or break a climb. 
They'll make or break a climber. But when they get through it and they get to the top, they'll tell you that's where they grew the most. The toughest part of the climb is what strengthened them as a climber. Same thing with if you're weightlifting, right? The resistance of the weights builds strength. Steve Moore, who plays the piano, will tell you if you're not playing anything more challenging when you're developing as a piano player, you're just going to be you're going to be playing chopsticks and nothing more, right? It's, you just have to you have to continue to be strengthened by challenges. Our faith is like this. Resistance training comes from pain and suffering. That's why the scriptures tell us that pain and suffering are productive, even beneficial. If you're suffering, it's not because you lack faith. People with faith, people without faith, we all suffer. Suffering is not a sign of, that God is unloving. Quite the opposite. Pain can be God's loving discipline. God is making our faith bolder, stronger, more resilient, more productive, more pure. Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Let me talk about that word hope for a minute. Because hope is actually looking for the certainty of something yet to come. Hope is looking ahead to what God has promised at the last day. Hope is longing for that time when there will be no more suffering, no more tears, no more pain. Peter says, rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. When his glory is revealed is at that last day. And if we have known darkness and suffering in this life, how much greater will that joy be when we're, when we're freed from the pain and suffering? I talked about this this week in the devotions. If you read our devotions that we put out um, in our faith ministry here, um, each day we have devotions lead up to the next weekend of worship. And one of the devotions this week, I was talking about if everything in this life were easy, always hunky-dory, right? You had no pain, no setbacks. If everything were always easy and comfortable, we would be awfully comfortable in this life. But we're not made for this life. We're made for a life yet to come and a world that God is, has restored for us in the resurrection. More than once, Peter in 1 Peter talks about how we are strangers in the world. Another way of saying that is that we're aliens here. We're sojourners here. We're on our way to another world. That is the world that God has prepared for us in the resurrection. You ever wonder why God will allow us to suffer under bad leaders? 
You ever wonder this? You know, the book of Romans actually says that there is no authority except that which God has established. Romans 13, verse one, which means God is always in charge of who's in charge. God is always in charge of who's in charge. So why does God allow us sometimes to have a horrible leader? And you pick which one I'm talking about, but why do we sometimes have horrible presidents? That, that perfect ideal president is always elusive because there's no ideal president, right? Now, I think it's dangerous to uh, speculate on why God does what he does, but I think that at least part of the reason that God allows us to have bad leaders sometimes is so that we'll remember that our president is not our real king. Jesus Christ is where our true loyalties lie. He is our true king. Whoever the commander in chief is, is always gonna be imperfect, always gonna fail, always gonna disappoint us. And the bad ones especially remind us that we need to think more toward the world yet to come. Christ saved us for this life, but even more so for the life to come. Now we are strangers and aliens. We're longing for something more. So one of the reasons that we are allowed to suffer, I think, is that God would have us refocus, refocus away from the things here toward the things of eternity. So Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter four. He says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. So pain and suffering, it's not, a, it's not a sign of lack of faith. It's not that God is unloving. Being a Christian is not somehow an inoculation from suffering and pain. Suffering is productive because God is at work strengthening us, making our faith stronger, and he's turning our focus to lasting things, not the temporary things. Amen? All right, as our band is coming up uh, to lead us in this next song, let me just say a word of thanks as we're uh, gathering our offering. Remember, this is the third week of the month. We'll give away a portion of our offering to Celebration Lutheran School. Um, otherwise, just thank you for all the ways that you give to us. Uh, it is your entrusting us with, uh, with your treasures, right? You're, you're entrusting us to do good with this, to preach the gospel, to, uh, to have a place of worship, to, to use that wisely in service to the kingdom. And so thank you for your giving and your sacrificing. Let's sing uh, this same power that is in Christ in us.
As we come together for prayer this morning, uh, just want to uh, let you know, those who especially have been around our Celebration Ministry Center and before um, Celebration Faith came together, we're part of Celebration Lutheran Church. 
Um, longtime presence here at Celebration, Shirley Stevens uh, passed away earlier this week. And we want to remember her family and all others who are in need. Uh, but especially just want to let you know about, uh, about Shirley's passing. Um, we rejoice. She had a, a, a rough life. She knew pain, uh, as we talked about today, and it strengthened her faith. It made her long all the more for being in the presence of Jesus where she is now. And so we rejoice that she is freed from the, the suffering here. Let's lift up our prayers before the Lord. We thank you, Lord, our Heavenly Father, that you have given us such hope and strength, even in the midst of the challenges and trials of this life. We know that even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. Ultimately, you have won the victory for us, and whatever we face will soon fade away. We, uh, we trust that that is true for our sister in Christ, Shirley Stevens. We know that she is freed from the pain and the suffering that she experienced here in life, the loss um, in many different forms, the losses that she experienced are behind and she knows the perfect joy being in the presence of her King. We also pray Lord for those who are here left behind and are mourning her passing and the passing of other loved ones. We lift up Shirley's family. We lift up the family of Linda Hovick, whose father passed away this week. And we lift up the family of Sarah Copeland and Mark Strasberg, whose mother passed away this week as well. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, bring comfort and strength to them in the midst of their mourning, that they would know your peace and comfort even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. We pray for those who have been affected by the wildfires in Maui, for those who have uh, lost loved ones or property. We pray, we pray for those in other parts of the world too who have been affected by natural disasters, by warfare, by violence of different kinds. We pray that you would bring them peace and comfort in the midst of their trials. We pray especially for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering persecution around the world. We pray for those in Pakistan and others who are experiencing just a, a wave of a persecution that is becoming very difficult. We also pray for our brothers and sisters who are experiencing medical challenges. Uh, we pray for Mike Klee and Ken Close, uh, both who are experiencing uh, different health challenges. Uh, Dwayne Krause as he goes in for knee replacement. Uh, Tanya Banke. We also pray for Chris Smith's daughter, Stephanie, who was in a car accident, and Tanya Genke's brother, Greg, who is also in an accident. We pray that you would bring healing and restoration to them. But in the midst of their trial, most especially we pray that they would have faith to look to you in their time of need. Lord, it's not all suffering, it's not all pain in this life, and you give us many reasons to rejoice. We thank you for those who are remembering birthdays, baptismal birthdays. We, we thank you for little Baker Alexander who will be brought to baptism uh, this morning uh, after our late service. 
Uh, we pray for Hugh and Carol Foy who are celebrating their 60th anniversary this week and all others who are remembering their anniversaries and every other reason you give to us to rejoice and to celebrate in this life. We, we thank you that each one of those is a glimpse, a, a foretaste of the joy yet to be revealed, which you have already prepared for us by the sacrifice of Jesus, our Savior. We pray for our Guatemala team, Lord, as they are traveling to El Oreganal. Uh, we pray that the time spent there will be productive in encouraging those in the church there and serving the community, uplifting the people of our partner village there. Lord, we pray for safe travel, for joy and fulfillment in the work that these volunteers are giving as they give of themselves and sacrifice their time and expense that they might serve our brothers and sisters in Guatemala. We pray, Lord, that you would prepare us now as we come to your table of mercy once again to receive the body and blood of Christ for our forgiveness in the Lord's Supper. We pray that you would send us with your strength by your Spirit's power to live our lives in service and in love in the name of Jesus. We pray all these things as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I invite you now to make your way around the room a bit and share a greeting with those who are with you in worship today. Share the peace of the Lord.
May this body and blood of our Lord Jesus continue to strengthen you in faith. Know that you're forgiven. Go in peace. Amen. Will you please stand? Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.